Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, good morning, good Saturday. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Mr. Rogers is just coming through the door. We're going to talk about home improvement. Yes, indeed, this is the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. We have an hour and a half today going right up to the Blues pregame show. Alex Ferrario at 1.30. Blues and the Predators going on right here in St. Louis on KMOX. Yep, what is better than that? We have some great temperatures, a little bit. My gosh, we've made it all the way up into uh, double digits, man, two, maybe a three in there somewhere. Uh, Anyway, we can talk about heating and cooling, furnace filters, keeping your home comfortable, friendly, and safe. Safe. Yep. We can talk about the various ways that the building envelope, that's another way to say the house, the structure, the walls, the windows, doors, all that stuff that keeps old man winter outside comfortable, humidity up where we need it so our skin doesn't dry and crack. All the things that keeps us comfortable and healthy. So think about this. My name is Scott Mosby. Imagine that 21 years on KMOX. I'm in my 20 second year, something like that. Uh, and phone lines for you. I am here in the studio I'm and Bosco is keeping me company. Bosco is my pet gerbil. He's on a little treadmill. His responsibility is turning out just a little more than 50,000 watts every week. I'm telling you what, this guy is a yeoman. He does serious work right here on CamoX. Pumps out that electricity necessary to bring this signal to you. Blues Game, Home Improvement Show, Mike Miller, all the goodies that bring and go on here at KMOX. Yep, KMOX is almost a century old. I'm not. Yeah, that, that's a good thing. Uh, we can talk about all sorts of things around the history of KMOX. Or the weather. It'll change. If you don't like it today, wait a day It'll cha- or an hour. We're watching things as we go around here. Michael Calhoun is just, uh, you know, he's just watching the weather and keeping on track, on post, on alert for you here on KMOX. Phone lines for you, 314-436-7900, 436-7900. Toll free anywhere around the globe, 800-925-1120, Uh There is a kitchen seminar going on right now in uh, St. Louis, and uh, that's for you if you'd like to find out. But I think it's already kind of started here, started at about 1030. And, uh, you know, that's going on today. MAC West uh, started at 1030. And the next one, if you want to mark that on your calendar, exteriors, March 9th, that's at the Lodge of De Pair, 1030 as well. And then the next month, April 27th, is bathrooms. But that's uh, like likewise uh, going on next month, exteriors, March 9th. I, I want to talk to you just a little bit about exteriors because when the temperature gets this doggone cold, I don't know if you've noticed, it's uh, really cold. Uh, my my son had a roommate from China when he was in college, and that kid came over here and he experienced our winters. And his word for the weather was, "I know, go outside, it hurt." Yeah, it did. Anyway, 
314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Windows and doors. The R value of glass versus the U value of the window. Uh, think about this. Uh, if you're buying a window and you want to measure the efficiency, you and I think of R value. That's the resistance value to heat transfer. Really good glass may have an R value of 2 which means, you know, in a, a two-by-four wall with normal fibrous fiberglass insulation, it has an R13, roughly. So it takes uh, quite a bit more time to get temperature penetrating through a wall than it does through glass. Now, the glass guys uh, will talk all about that R value because that is the value of only their glass. Then there is the U value of the window or the door itself. And that brings into play how the whole thing behaves, that whole unit, the door or the window. But still, we're only talking about product. We're talking about the frame and the glass together, how they are resistant to the temperature or thermal change from one side to the other. What is not measured and what is difficult to measure is the installation value. Well, if you stick a window in a big hole and you don't put any insulation in it, by golly, that window may not transfer heat and cooling, but by golly, that hole in your wall will allow the temperature to change dramatically inside that home. So my point being that talking about the product value, whether glass R value or the whole window U value, whether window door, that is still product only. Well, there's a lot of installations. Anyway, my point being that it's very important to pick a good installer because the installation process, quality, training, warranty, all that stuff, and performance, which means your ROI, return on investment, you put out $100 for something, you want to get back $100 in value. Well, if you buy a NASA-built portal, out of the space shuttle, it may be the best product in the world. But if Joe and Bubba don't properly insulate it, flash it, waterproof it, make it perform with your wall and that opening, you want have a bunch of money invested in very little. So have that conversation on installation. It's very important. So I just, uh, because now when we're really cold, people say, oh, I've got uh, water dripping off the window. My glass, you know, has to be replaced. Uh, please remember... It is the entire assembly that includes the wall and the installation quality, thoroughness, lack of thoroughness, whatever it is. So that's where you really have to be aware. And that's why me here on KMOX, I advocate for making sure you get somebody who knows what they're doing. And we talk about that right here on KMOX, and that's why I'm here. Uh, phone lines for you, 314 436 Eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. We're going to get right back to our calls here right after this because I'm excited to be here. We've got an hour and a half. Uh, go Blues. We've got that coming up here on KMOX. Uh, did I mention the Blues were playing today? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, just on through a whole afternoon of KMOX. But we'll talk about that when we get into the hour. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby, and I am at your service here on KMOX. KMOX is the weather station. Get the forecast here every 10 minutes, mornings and afternoons, with weather bulletins at once. On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. 
Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back together, home improvement to one and a half hours today, going up to the Blues pregame show at 1230. On the phone lines now, Bosco is really huffing and puffing back there. All is good. And let's see what's happening here with my friend. Uh, oh, let's see about Barb here. Barb, uh, good af- good morning and welcome to KMOX. How can I help? Hi, Scott. You have done some work for us in the past, and we totally trust your company and your expertise. You've done great work for us. But we have a lake house down in Cuba, Missouri, that we're having some problems with, and a little uh, lake community down there. We have a problem with the, seems like the house must be either sinking or shifting. We have separation from the walls to the ceiling. Um, This past winter, it's gotten to be like about an inch in certain spots. We had our kitchen redone in the fall, and at that time, the installers we had noticed there was a little problem in the kitchen, and they did something where they put some support underneath the house. We have no uh, basement. It's just crawl space. Mm -hmm. But when the kitchen was done, we noticed there was quite a slant. And then we were there a couple weekends ago and noticed it's even worse now. Mm. Uh, We called your company, but of course you don't go all the way out to Cuba. And we have trouble finding anyone reputable down there, but did speak to someone who said that they know there's been a problem. The houses were built in the 60s, and they didn't pour the posts deep enough or something. So uh-huh. this guy said something about jacking up the house very slowly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I guess my questions are, is this something that can be fixed? And might you know of anyone or any recommendations on how we find anybody reputable that would go down to Cuba? Uh, that's just far enough to be kind of out of the St. Louis area. Have you spoken to Helitech yet, Barb? I have not spoken to Helitech. I would give them a call because here's kind of the drill down. Um, I, and, and, and it's common, if they didn't get the piers or the concrete under the ground deep enough and yes. it settles or the soil is not properly prepared, uh, the carpenter or Mosby Building Arts can help by putting wood between the foundation or the pier and up. But if the pier and the concrete continue to go down, it's out of the scope of a carpenter or what we can do. Now, Helitech, on the other hand, I think they'd be the call, you know, give them a buzz and see because they, they I'm pretty sure if, if it's within the sound of my voice and this goes to Cuba, um, I'm pretty sure that Helitech will serve that area. Okay. Okay. Well, that would be good. Yeah, we, we live up here in St. Louis, but have this little weekend house down there and yeah. Yeah, that would be great. So that is something, though, that can be fixed? Yes, yes, always. Uh, basically, th- this kind of stuff's been going on forever, that just not knowing how deep the frost line is, not being aware of soil and all that. That's why Helitech is in business, frankly, is to right the wrongs of, you know, lack or less than full experience. So that's kind of okay. their thing in foundations, peers, whatever it is. Okay, well, that's good to know. All right, well, thank you so much. Barb, thanks for the call. Good talking okay. to you. Okay, thanks. Bye. Right. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Again, uh, if you've got something that moves, uh, as a consumer, it's important that we're aware that, you know, the gap is getting bigger. I, I like that Barb had somebody uh, kind of look at it. They likely put a little more wood to lift up the house slowly, uh, But if there's not a good foundation to lift up from, 
or under to push up on. Uh, and, you know, those of you in, my, in the listening area, we have mine subsidence, we have settling, we have poor and expansive clay soils, all those reasons. And that's why Helitech does what they do. Uh, and frankly, it, it's, you know, it's important. So uh, thanks for the call, Barb. Let's see what's cooking with uh, Dominic. Hey, Dominic, Scott Mosby here. Good morning. How can I help? Good morning, Scott. I'm looking to tile a bathroom in a basement. Mm-hmm. And my question is, can I put tile directly on the concrete if it's already funneled down to the drain? There was an existing shower there before, or do I need a liner? Is that in a shower base or just a general floor, Dominic? It's just a concrete floor. Okay, but I mean, are you trying to do this in a shower or in a room? Uh, I'm going to tile the whole room, but this the question specifically was just for the shower. Okay. In the shower, number one, uh, the answer, direct answer is no, you can't do it right on the concrete. The f- tile in the floor of the bathroom or lower level, you can put that ceramic or porcelain tile right onto the concrete with the proper etching and scratching preparation of all that. For a shower, Dominic, it's important that managing the water, if you just put tile on the concrete that's already sloping, then you wind up with, uh, think, have you ever seen tile installed with the fingers on a grooved trowel or slotted trowel to where tile gets laid into these uh, mounds of serrated uh, bedding compound? Have you ever seen that happen? Uh, You're talking about just troweling on with the notches? Yeah, the not- have you ever seen that? Yes. Okay. Think of the water getting past and through the grout on the tile if you were to put it straight on the concrete. There are voids in between those notches even after you bed the tile down. So you will have uh, a copious um, leak of water from inside the shower through that grout around the tiles, under the, in between those notches and flowing outside. So you need basically a bathtub, a liner, or a pan, as it's been called, in that shower to make sure that the water that passes through or around your tile, which tile leaks, it does, the water gets down and then it gets caught by this pan or liner uh, inside the shower and then down through the drain. For example, to install this, uh, you're likely uh, anyway. This this is over your badge level, is what I'm going to say. You need a plumber to set this pan and liner, and a real tile setter to put this base down, or or you buy a prefab acrylic or fiberglass shower base that lays on top of the concrete, and then you tile the walls, and even that needs some sort of a cement base. Or, for example, at Mosby, we use a weedy system, W-E-D-I, which is kind of a foam, which is both an insulator, isolator, as well as a tile substrate. But that's a pretty limited, that's a lot of training that goes into that. So you're going to need some help on the base. Okay, on the drain, when they talk about weep holes, yeah. is that how this water would eventually get out that would get into those crevices? Yep, yep. The water comes down, hits the top surface of the, of the tile, just like you and I taking a shower. The water goes down that surface drain, but the stuff that soaks in that base, if you were to use a tile base, the water soaks in, and then there's actually another drain kind of in the sides of that floor drain that lets the water from the pan or liner escape 
escape out of that as well. Uh, and that's why it's so important to dry out those shower bases. Uh, my advice to you is get a prefab acrylic base or, or something that's already made that you can lay in and have a plumber hook up to the floor drain. And then you can go right to the walls with a ceramic tile. That, that will be your best way of managing that water, I believe. Okay, thank you. You have a great day. Okay, Dominic. Good luck. And, and a little bit more checking will show you exactly what I'm talking about. Thanks for calling. Bye now. Okay, bye-bye. And there we go. I, some of that, people say, well, what's the hardest thing you do on the radio? It's like, well, it's gauging what level of answer to match the question and the level of experience that comes with that question. So, uh, you know, that, that's why I like this show and, frankly, enjoy this whole industry because if I get too far above or below what a, a hearer-receiver, uh, whether it's a tradesman, a, a fellow contractor, a subordinate or, or tile, con, you know, tile person, I, I, don't, I need to match that answer and that's why choosing somebody that can speak your language, if you will. That's where it says the relationship is so important. Make sure you pick somebody that, number one, knows what they're doing, and number two, can speak it well enough to those around because if you're going to hire somebody, they're kind of your go-between. And that's where kind of general contractors get kind of a bad rap because it's like, well, they make some phone calls and they chase people down to make sure they come in and that's it. Well, Unfortunately, it's become that, uh, but that's not really what's supposed to be happening. It's really people who are guiding to a higher level of team uh, that performance as a conductor would do in a symphony. You know, how does a symphony do uh, with or without a conductor? I don't know if you've ever heard. It's kind of interesting when you don't have a chief, um, you know. The Indians get kind of get off track sometimes. Uh, 314-436-7900-436-7900-800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. If you haven't figured out now, I own Mosby Building Arts. This is our 72nd year in business uh, here in the metropolitan St. Louis uh, area. And, you know... It's a lot of fun. We are licensed architects. We have a full construction company. The drill down on us is we used to be just a contractor. And my father in the 70s realized that melding or combining the design with the construction kind of gave a higher level of control and input to the whole team and higher success. But what that other other also does is you better know what you're doing because when you do the design and the construction – you're responsible. And, you know, with that knowledge, and that's kind of where my dad came from. Sam Mosby founded this thing in 1947. Uh, anyway, so that's where I come from. Um, I was um, trained to uh, pick up uh, trash, um, dig ditches, uh, hustle, support people, uh, the trades. Uh, I learned the trade of carpentry, shipped off to college for uh, a, a degree in, frankly, finance because money was a tool that I had no idea how to use. Anyway, that's where I came from, on through the trades and up and up and on onto uh, this crazy radio show advising people how to get things done. Home Improvement, 314 436 
You know who they want to help? Themselves. We deserve each other. Tears are too hard for me to take. After the president signed a continuing resolution, the speaker gloated. When all else fails. You and your miniature spiral brain. We were sent to Washington to work together. We have so many areas where we can agree. Let love prevail. They are willing to put partisanship aside. I think. Let us take what Valentine's Day or any day. We are fighting now. Feel the love with News Radio 1120 KMOX. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, locked up in a little corner room downtown St. Louis. Beautiful sunshine, at least just for a while. We'll see how the weather goes. Michael Calhoun keeping an eye on that in the KMOX newsroom. Uh, let's see what's cooking here with my friend Patrick. Hey, Patrick, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help? Yes, I'm building a new home, and I've put uh, the basement walls are 10 inches thick uh, concrete walls. They're uh, 9 foot tall. Okay. And my thought is, is I'm going to finish the walls in the basement, uh, come out uh, about an inch and a half. But I'm going to put a va- uh, like a vapor barrier. But with the dirt that I got up on the outside, backfield, the benefits of the cold the cool in the in the summertime, does it come out towards about equal? I don't know how to explain it, but if I insulate it during for, for the heat in the wintertime, yep. Will that the, the summertime will it benefit from the walls, or will that insulation hurt me from getting that cold from the wall that would help during the summertime? Uh, Patrick, really good thought. That's called thermal swing, S-W-I-N-G. Basically takes all winter for the dirt to get cold and then all summer for the dirt to get warm. Uh, bottom line is the top three or four feet of the soil uh, are available to help you. Uh, but if you're up in Canada, I have a one-answer-fits-all system. If you're down in Florida, I have. but you and I here in the Midwest, St. Louis area, we've got half winter, half summer. So the answer is uh, don't bother with the thermal swing. Uh, the PhD answer is go ahead, insulate and isolate. The difference between isolation is that 10-inch concrete wall isolates like a big cave rock big old thing takes a while for the the temperature to penetrate insulation means the resistance to that flow two different things bottom line insulate that puppy the best you can because it's the last time you're going to get a shot at it if you're below grade use a moisture um effective insulation like a uh, Dow Blueboard insulation or a pink uh, Owens Corning foam board on it and and get as much insulation as you can if you're going to heat and cool this thing okay well we got the geothermal uh coming out of the bottom of our pond to heat and air condition the place right now but i just i get thinking if it's six one way half a dozen the other i wouldn't mess with it but if what your your feeling is it's best to go ahead and put uh, insulation there anyway so yeah that's been debated for the last 30 years is there a way to take mother nature and ride her to the good side each season well when you have both seasons the answer is no you're, you're kind of wrong. I mean, it's kind of like put the vapor retarder on the warm surface of the wall. Well, pfft, where's the warm surface of the wall here? <laughs> yeah, well, we, where I'm at down here, Al, we don't have that Al Gore wolf, global warming, so we're, it's been pretty cold. Uh, well, uh, kudos uh, to you on but, that uh, geothermal, especially water in the lake. That is a cool, cool system, Patrick. Uh, that's as good as it gets. Um, I, the I, air conditioned part of it really is, well, it's 23 and a half foot deep, 
it's three acres, so we have it sank in the bottom. Yeah. And the air condition is more beneficial than the heat part, uh, but the air condition really, really does great with it. So we, yeah. we're uh, we're happy about having that put in. So Patrick, way to go, man! Kudos to you. Okay. Well, th- thanks for the uh, information. Yeah, you bet. Uh, take control of the thing. Insulate it the best you can. You won't get another chance until you rip those walls out. Yeah, I, don't, I won't do that. My wife would be probably <laughs> buried me and find somebody else to take care. i got to try to take care of this for her next husband that comes along. So I understand. Well, let me know where you're planted. I'll come out and stick some posies there by your finger toe or your toenail sticking up out of the ground, brother. Yeah, but you won't put no fertilizer <laughs> and no uh, – you, you won't keep the weeds down, so – I ain't going to tell you that. So, <laughs> All right, Patrick. Thanks for the call, man. Take care, bud. <laughs> Bye now. Next up, let's see what's cooking with my friend Sue. Hey, Sue, Scott Mosby here. Welcome to KMOX. Oh, Scott, hi. Thank you very much for taking the call. Yes, ma'am. Um, I've had a situation for a while. Um, I have a six-year-old roof, mm-hmm. and I have a two-story home. And in every bedroom, especially one, there are brown spots. Mm-hmm. Um, and they continue to get worse. And I have tried to get a hold of the roofer for like over a year. Finally, he came out and uh, told me, oh, it's a moisture issue. It's not his problem. Um, I've had another roofer come out, told me it was a terrible installation. And I, you know, you don't know who's mm-hmm. telling the truth. Um, and um, so I'm trying to figure out like where to go with this, like what to do. Um, and, um, you know, I, I called the manufacturer of the shingle company, Owens Carning, and they mm-hmm. don't have a rep that could come out. That's what someone suggested as well. Um, so I'm trying to figure out if it's a roof issue or if it's a venting issue. And if it's a venting issue, shouldn't the roofer have dealt with that or taken care of that? I've been in this home for 26 years and never had really an issue until you know, this six-year-old roof happened. Well, let me let me vote in here. We've got another caller uh, uh, basically asking about um, nail and brown spots on the ceiling. So we've got two of you here. I'm going to do a twofer. Uh, okay. I don't think it's a roof. Uh, it may be somewhat related to the roof, but it is definitely related to attic ventilation. Okay. Uh, so if uh, if you ventilate the attic, you move enough of the air through. Uh, the issue is that uh, after a long enough time and you get deep, deep cold winters, uh, the actual boards that frame your attic, the structure itself, those things get really cold in the winter. And when they get really cold, the moisture, the warm, moist air inside your house actually will condense. Whether you see it or not, they're tiny, tiny little water droplets, condensation on the inside of your wall surface. And it kind of looks like brown spots. Uh, if they're small uh, and kind of ghosting discoloration, those tend to be from lack of ventilation and humidity. Humidity that may be also insulation in the attic as well. These are big, pretty big spots all over. So they look like leaks then. There's only been one leak, um, but there's they're they're big spots. I mean, they're what like, color? Are they really dark or or just kind of lighter colors? They're they're brown. They're not black, but they're brown uh, with a white kind of middle. They're like the size of a Whopper sandwich. Okay. Do you have any attic? Uh, any ductwork in the attic? You know, I don't really know. I don't know. Uh, when, you, when you turn on the air conditioner or the furnace, does the air blow out of the ceiling or does it come off the walls or floors? Floors. 
floors? Uh, I guess there's a few in the ceiling, you know, ceiling, but mainly, I guess, floor vents. Well, it's an older house. It's about 50 years old. I, I would uh, call, uh, frankly, uh, somebody that can do an energy assessment for you um, and get outside of this or somebody. You're, you're welcome to call Mosby. We won't do those energy assessments, but we can give you kind of advice on this. Like, do you but, have, like, a building inspector or something like that that could come out and tell me, like, if it's a bad roof or if it's yeah we do that service it is a fee-based service though it's a uh, yeah that's a fee yeah yeah Yeah. we i mean basically we get stuck in the middle and uh we don't care who does the work i just want like an honest assessment and then um also does the roofer have any responsibility or do i have any recourse like if someone puts a roof on my house but they don't vent it properly is that like I'm supposed to know this stuff? or? or uh, well, now you're getting into the quality of the roof. Or roofs get sold by the lowest price. Um, mm-hmm. And and so the more attractive, if I'm selling you a roof, if I don't mm-hmm. talk about attic ventilation, which adds $1,000, mm-hmm. then I look cheaper. But mm-hmm. you won't know until you have a problem or don't. So, right. again, um, uh, most roofers don't address this because of the competitive nature of roofing. Uh, mm-hmm. A comprehensive good roofer will wrestle with you over that. But mm-hmm. generally, they lose a lot of work because they want to fix the whole thing well. Right. Consumer, you know, so again, it's, it's like you're overpriced. It's like, well, wait and see when you pay for it again. You okay, know? so it's not really their problem. Maybe, and they, uh, you don't know. I mean, until you get some knowledgeable eyes, and this gets okay. back to my general contractor rule, yeah. you know, it's like, well, yeah, if you're just calling and getting Mo, Larry, and Curly in and out in the right sequence, that's right. that's a phone caller. That's not okay. a general contractor assuring the okay. net delivery of whatever those systems installed are. Okay, so your company does have someone that could just kind of come out and assess the situation, and then I would have a direction to pursue. Yes, and there are also ASHI home inspectors, A-S-H-I, that will do that as well. Uh, But you have to get on the upper end of those guys as well to get a a really well... I mean, building science is kind of a geeky thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're kind of the guys sitting in the back of the building that nobody wants to talk to because we love debating stuff like this. (laughs) It's like, they don't let us out much. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your advice. I appreciate it. Okay, Sue. And I know the confusion. I understand where you are. Uh, We can help you sort through all that. You don't always like what we're going to tell you, though. No, but I want just someone honest because, you know, people try to kind of push their opinion on you. Yeah, the the tough answer is the hardest one to deliver. Right. I understand. Thank you so much. Mm. All right, Sue. Bye. Home improvement, Scott Mosby, again, there, it could be one of five or six different things. So there is some process of elimination. Sounds like Sue's already started with the roofer, but, you know, it's not always the roofer. A roofer gets blamed because a consumer says, put on a new roof. They put on a new roof. If they don't change the flashing, you can have a leaky top lid on your house and the shingles are fine. But if the flashing's bad, is that a roof? Well, to you and I as consumers, that's a roof. But to a roofer, it's like, no, I didn't do the the flashing. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX, at your service here. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Happy Saturday. Hey, guys, it's Alex Ferrario. Join me and Amy Mark Scores for Chili's Week in Hockey as we dive deep into the blue season every Monday night. Notes from around the league and everyone's favorite, what's up with that? 8 to 10 Monday nights on KMOX. If you've ever wanted to rub elbows with blues legends at St. Louis's biggest party, then be sure to get your ticket to the St. Louis Blues Alumni Party Tent at Mardi Gras in Historic Soulard, Saturday, March 2nd. Your ticket includes open bar with beer and cocktails, lunch buffet, access to legendary blues players, and a front row view 
of the Bud Light Grand Parade. Be at the Lafayette Lofts on 7th and Ann from 9 to 5. Find event and ticket information now at kmox.com slash events. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Oh, yeah, right here in the studio, Bosco and I are just having more fun than adults should be allowed to do. I mean, Bosco doing his 50,000 watts. I'm out here looking at the, you know, Soldiers Memorial, downtown St. Louis Municipal Library. it's nice place. This is kind of cool. As long as the sun's shining. Oh, don't. Oh, it's St. Louis. Don't worry. That'll change. Let's see what's cooking with my friend Dan. Hey, Dan, good morning. Scott here. How can I help? Yeah, I have a couple issues with uh, condensation. Uh-huh. Uh, one is in the attic. I have the bathroom exhaust initially terminated in the attic, and I added piping to take it to the exterior. Uh-huh. Uh, which is about uh, 15 feet worth of uh, metal piping. Yep. And uh, there are some highs and lows where it goes over some of the uh, roof uh, trusses in mm-hmm. the attic. And uh, we noticed some leaking in the bathroom where condensation was forming inside the tubing and dripping back inside. So I assume it's the hot moist air inside the piping and the cold attic air on the other side. So I disconnected it, drained about two gallons of (laughs) water out of it and, uh, you know, went through that. I'm wondering if adding insulation over the top would help with that. Yes, Uh, uh, Dan, you've got this assessed perfectly. Uh, Number one, this is more important than you know, that standing water is the origination source of Legionnaire's disease. Standing water, go through a summer, you got some really nasty stuff growing up there. The way to do that is rigid steel pipe, just as you have, but instead of up and down and up and down, you go up whatever it takes, two feet rigid, so you come out of the fan, up you go, and then a straight down sloping straight pipe to the exterior of the house so that you get gravity draining that water out. No P-traps, no dips, no droops. And then you insulate the pipe very carefully. We tend to use at Mosby uh, duct um, uh, uh, flex duct insulation. Mm-hmm. So it's the sock, and we'll put two layers on. So we'll put, you know, if it's a 4-inch pipe, we might put a 5-inch sock over that and then a 7-inch sock over that or an 8-inch but insulate that very carefully so that the water st- or the moisture stays warm and airborne until it gets outside the house. Let it condense outside the home all at once. Okay, yeah, that's kind of what I had in mind. I propped up the end toward uh, where it comes out of the bathroom into the attic yeah. so that that's a little bit higher, but I still got the peaks and valleys so I can uh, yeah. try to run something underneath there, uh, maybe a, a one by two or something like that to kind of keep mm-hmm. that level. And if you uh, can come out of that fan at a 45 instead of vertical 90, that's even better. It just depends what the the ceiling joists and trusses allow you to do. Yeah. Uh, similar situation in the basement, uh, we have our cold water coming in, and you've talked about, you know, pipes freezing and stuff, and uh opening cabinet doors, so it's about 50 degrees inside 
cabinet where our hot, where our water meter is yes. and the shutoff, and we have those pipes uh, insulated, and the part that isn't uh, the, the pressure relief valve, and uh, there is a, a, a shutoff valve and the water meter. That stuff is not insulated. It's fairly cold and usually has condensation. Uh, I'm wondering if the insulation that I put on these straight runs of pipe through the ceiling and uh, in the wall cavity, if that's doing more harm than good. It's keeping the moisture away, but is it keeping the heat from the basement away yes. from the pipes? Yes, Yes. Which master do I serve? Now you're into the world of building science. You fix one thing and another serpent raises its head. So you bet. And I think the way you've got it is probably the best to where you have insulated the great long runs and most definitely for the first two or four feet um, near the exterior of the home, let the inside house air uh, heat get to those pipes. Uh, if not, you're going to have some serious frozen pipes. And, and if you have too much uh, humid, humidity and, excuse me, condensation, run a dehumidifier and a fan down in the basement. Okay. So you think uh, I probably should keep those doors open yes. um, to the cabinet right where the meter is, where it comes in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, certainly when it gets down anywhere around, you know, freezing. You get freezing and below, let the warm air inside the house get to it. Uh, you know, when it gets up around 40, 50, it doesn't matter. You can open or close those doors. Okay. All right. Thank you. Dan, thank you. Good question. Good enlightened question, by the way. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, and, that, and that's kind of a good thing. I mean, um, I Good listeners to this show tend to be pretty sharp. I mean, even our first uh, question here, uh, you know, starting out, or, or the second one, Dominic, uh, or, or Patrick with a new home around, what what do I need to do? You know, do I insulate my basement walls or not? You know, uh, if you didn't know anything, you wouldn't even know enough to ask that question. So kudos to you. Some of the smartest listeners in radio are right here on Camwex. You, Scott Mosby, stay tuned. Another half hour coming back. Blues at 1230 today. Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, as rumored, I really am right here at KMOX, and we are live and lively, 27 degrees. It feels more, I, you know, I like the sunshine. I, I like the outdoors. It is, you know, I, I kind of like being outdoors. Uh, we've got another uh, 20 minutes here before we get to the blues. Alex Ferrario has fired up the computer. He's just all hot and ready to go for you. And the, it's going to be the blues and the Nashville Predators today. Stay tuned. Many things happening here. My name is Scott Mosby, another 20 minutes. I've got some phone lines going here and some great questions already on the air. So stay tuned. We've got some good stuff happening right away. Let's see if we can get right to the phone lines. Bosco's doing 50,000 watts. Let's talk with my friend Bob. Hey, Bob, Scott Mosby here. How can I help? Yeah, Scott. Yes, I got a, hello. Yes, sir. You're on, my friend. Yeah, I got a 42-year-old split for you. With, a, with an English English Tudor front, can I tear that off and put a brick brick on it? 
Uh, yes, you can. Uh, the issue is there's no brick ledge. Uh, there are two kinds of brick. There's real brick. It's four inches deep. It needs a brick ledge. It weighs several tons. So it, the, that load has to transfer to the foundation. There's another way to do that or a couple different ways. One is to bolt an epoxy, an angle iron uh, onto the concrete foundation itself and brick that up in traditional brick form. Another is kind of a uh, veneer stone or veneer where you basically uh, plaster the wall and then embed thin sawn bricks or it's kind of like the stucco stone if you remember that name. But it's a veneer yeah. stone and that can go right on the frame wall. Yeah, in other words, uh, I thought the foundation probably wouldn't have been pre right. prepped for that anyway. Yeah, the foundation can hold up the weight of the brick. It's just the brick ledge. I mean, it's a big deal to get that concrete changed. And, you know, if you do a brick ledge, sometimes you need... Uh, anyway, there, there's more to it than just that. Uh, so the answer is yes, but it's more of a veneer product, kind of like putting ceramic tile on the wall, only you're putting brick and stone thinner, um, non-natural um, non materials on the wall. How's that? Uh, well, do you do you guys do that, or can you recommend somebody to come out and look at it? Yeah, we actually have masons on staff. One of the cool things uh, that uh, we found in the downturn, and, you know, part of our thing is vertically integrated. We do as many trades in-house as we can. We're as far away from a pure general contractor that subcontracts everything out. So you bet. We love doing stuff like that. Brick's fun. It's You have to put it in the right way, um, and, yeah, we enjoy it. Okay, okay. We'll get we'll get a talk to better half, and we'll get a hold of you. How's that? Okay, Robert. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. You know, there's so many different ways to go about doing things. Uh, you know, I mean, I spoke about the R value and U value of windows and doors and insulation and such. Uh, keep in mind that just the colors, uh, and, and, you know, some years ago, largely because of this radio show and people not really getting you know, how to handle condensation, how to manage insulation, doors and windows put in without flashing, venting, and drainage, and all that stuff. But keep in mind, likewise, if you do the right job with the wrong colors, you actually destroy value. And, and this is the role of design and advice. So when you have somebody that says, go buy the product and we'll put it on, that's an installer. But if you want somebody that's like, you know what, I want a warmer feel out of the outside of my house. I expect my windows and doors to perform. I want the insulation to happen. But I'm looking for cozy, comfortable, as well as a home feel. So that feel of home gets to the curb appeal of an exterior project. That's why we at Mosby went into exteriors because uh, nobody was really doing the whole thing. They'd put in a good product. They'd put in the right color. They'd put in the right color with the wrong product with not properly, you know. So it's kind of like, you know what, um, honestly, we were being called out to fix a lot of this stuff. And frankly, it's like, you know what, we can do this a better job from the very beginning than if we just go back and try and fix the sins. So anyway, that's part of the thing. But realize that somebody helping you through the science of colors, ladies, you know colors. If you use cosmetics, you know colors. You may not know how to pick them out, but you know the right ones when you see them. Likewise with the outside of a home. 
the right roof color that goes along with the proper two or three colors in the brick or the colors of the windows. And the window color is critical. Don't blow that. It's basically a freebie. You know, or when you're replacing windows, it's like, okay, white's a standard price, but you can have these other colors for an upcharge. Well, golly, usually those colors are worth the choice uh, because getting that curb appeal right appeals to you as the homeowner every day you come home. It appeals to a buyer when they pull up at the curb and the house either appeals or doesn't. That's where you get your money back on the investment. So that whole home feel, uh, the place of I'm away on my island coming home to get away from the world, that's what I'm talking about, curb appeal, and why design as well as performance is so important to the value return on investment, the sheer returning of your dollars. Anyway, we've got more coming. Stay tuned. We've got the blues coming up. Alex Ferrari firing up. Bosco getting ready for the blues game coming up here. Pre-game show, 1230, here on KMOX. KMOX, keeping you up to date with frequent weather updates 24 hours a day on News Radio 1120 KMOX. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Oh, yeah, there's a nasty rumor around. I'm still on the air like a bad penny turning up every Saturday right here on KMOX. No, I, I really love it. This, I look forward to this every Saturday. Uh, I get to talk to 30,000 of my favorite friends every week. And let's go see my best friend here, Jay. Hey, Jay, Scott Mosby, good afternoon. How can I help? How can I help? Yes, I have a quick question about a sink in an upstairs bathroom uh-huh. that is draining very slow. So we've tried the vinegar and baking soda. I mean, you name it. So I finally took the pipes apart and snaked it. Yeah. And yeah. it probably went back maybe four to six feet. And then I hit something that it wasn't going to go any further. Yeah. And I really didn't get yeah. much in the way of debris out. I mean, the water was definitely very black and some grit and stuff, but that was about it. Put it all back together, still drains very slow. Okay, you're ready for a okay, professional. That's what I thought. (laughs) Yeah, you can mess with this thing, and and it's, you know, we can hunt and peck, close our eyes and stick our finger in the dike, or you call a guy that knows how this thing's piped and, you know, and probably where things are behind the wall, all that. Uh, You're just ready for the surgeon to come in and specifically fix it. You've done good work. You did the P-trap. You removed all, you you fixed all of the low-hanging fruit. Now you're ready for the pro. Okay. That's what I thought. Thank you very much. You bet, Jay. Good luck, my friend. Bye now. Thank you. And that's part of the thing right here on KMOX. When do I know I need a pro? Well, Jay did the right thing. He's like, you know what? I think I'm going to see about this. I'll put a little bit of, you know, some enzymes in it, see if that'll do it. No, that didn't work. Okay, I'll pull the P-trap off. Okay, I'll pull the P-trap off. Generally, it's that problem right there under the sink where the hair and the gook builds up on a sink, but it could be in toilet, whatever it is. So you do the easy to homeowner repair things. And then he got into the wall a little bit with a, a, a sewer cleaning tool, a snake or something like that. That didn't fix it. Well, once you get a little bit deep in the body of the house or the drain pipes, 
Uh, it's it's time to call the plumber, uh, plumber and the professional drain cleaner. They know how these things work. They know the type of the material the pipes are. They match the type of tool to go clean it out. For example, if I've got 50-year-old um, cast iron pipes on an old house, uh, if I send a snake in there with a cutting tool on the end, which is the traditional thing that near you know, tree roots, all that, you know, I'm just going to tear up your pipes. You know, now you're into thousands and tens of thousands of repair because you called the right, the wrong guy or he used the wrong tool or whatever it is. Maybe better off to use a pressure washer, something like that, uh, or scope it. Keep in mind there are fiber optic scopes. So where you and I talk to our friends about having orthoscopic surgery to where they come in and they have a, a camera that goes up into a, an artery, you know, that's pretty magical stuff. Well, that's been going on for decades. So that those tools go into the drain pipes and such in the houses as well. So we can literally see inside your pipes uh, when properly equipped. And that's where your bigger companies are a little better prepared for some of these things than smaller ones. All right, let's see my friend and, and see what's happening here with Henry. Hey, Henry, Scott Mosby here, KMOX. How can I help you, my friend? Yeah, I got, uh, only when I take a hot shower, I get water leaks that appears on the top of my dryer. Yep. It comes through part of the floor, but when I check the access from the top side, there's no water on the pipes. There's no water on the flooring from the top side. Mm-hmm. I do have a another pipe. looks like, I guess it's some kind of a vent pipe or something that comes from the bottom of the tub and goes through the wall, and I'm assuming maybe that's where it's at on the other end, but that's in a section that's not accessible. Okay, this is a manly man problem. Uh, it, it's personal. The, the height of the bather, if that shower head hits you right in the middle of the chest, bounces off 45 degrees, and it goes angled at the hot and the cold valve, you can actually make this leak occur behind the escutcheons or the finish plate of the shower diverter, the tub spout, or the hot or the cold faucet. Uh, believe me, we have danced with these kind of leaks. Uh, sometimes they are the pipe itself, that vent pipe that's called the overflow, and that has a gasket on the back side of the tub that was put on you know, maybe half a century ago and it dries out and leaks a little. So just be aware that uh, when you take the shower, that is telling me it's probably more of a wall leak than it is a floor or pan liner problem. You following me through that, Henry? Oh, yeah. I was just curious because it only does it when I do it. But the wife, she takes a warm shower and never does it. Well, she probably backs up in the shower, you know, and, she, and just, you know, she doesn't really bounce that water back off at those faucets or at the same person, you know, the same adult, just taller. Uh, so there are just a lot of ways. So it's it's angular water. Your leak is most likely, and I'm, by most likely, I'm betting probably 80% on the wall of the actual shower supply and once you start at the drain because if your wife is not getting this leak she's in there taking a shower probably longer than you so it's probably not down on the floor and the drain of that tub you following me so far yeah there you go so you and i get in out of the shower you know our our washing our hair takes about 12 seconds and then we rinse it so you know the point being that this is likely the angled bouncing off of the bather 
uh, getting behind those escutcheons. And, you know, they get cleaned every week or two anyway. So you're going to need to back those escutcheons off. That's easier said than done because you've got, you know, years and years and years of lime buildup on those things as well. But I'm, I'm guessing that somewhere on the wall above the drain of that tub, starting with that overflow thing about 12 inches above the bottom of the tub. Take a look at that. Um, if you take that copper thing off, I'm not, I'm suggesting you don't mess with this because you can drop some of that hardware down into the drain and then you're really going to have a problem. So that one's for the plumber. Uh, then you get up around the spout for the tub filler that those commonly leak because the wall actually dries and gets, uh, it shrinks and gets thinner. So the wall backs away from the back of that tub spout. And then you get up to the hot and the cold and the diverter valve and all that. Either way, you're either going to need a plumber or somebody that really understands what I'm talking about. But my guess is if you could get behind that shower in a dark room and stick a flashlight up inside the wall cavity behind that hot and cold null, I think you'd see some glowing uh, light coming through from the back, which is indicating where the water comes off of your chest into that wall and leak. And you can make these puppies leak pretty good too. Okay. Gotcha. Other quick question then, uh, I get a lot of extreme cold air coming to my basement through the vent pipe over the water heater tank. Any type of capping I can put on the roof side that'll cut a lot of that down? Yes, it's a metal flashing because of the heat of that pipe and the fire risk that goes with that. And first off, thank you for asking me that. People go up with foam and all kinds of things that catch on fire. So uh, trying to fix this the wrong way can burn your house down. Uh, because especially in the wintertime when we use more hot water, my shower gets longer because I'm trying to warm myself up as well as, you know, clean me off. So the point being that it, that pipe gets hotter in the winter. Sounds kind of counterintuitive, but when that uh, water heater goes off, you get some pretty cold air. Flash around that with a, a galvanized steel. An ideal, how old is your house? Let me ask you that, Henry. Uh, it's built in 55. Yeah, it doesn't have all the flashing. Nowadays, when we build or add on, we put sheet metal flashing at every floor because if there's a fire inside the wall cavity, we want to confine it in that floor. We don't want it to run from the top of the house down to the basement like your cold air is. So... you're saying just flash around the inside at the base of the pipe? That's the first place to do it with sheet metal. Uh, um, and there should, even in the 50s, oftentimes um, those holes were cut. Sometimes the better tinners, the better sheet metal guys, would get in and cut around the circumference of that pipe. And it just screws to the bottom of the 1x8s or the plywood, whatever your subfloor is. Uh, but yeah, but, I just didn't know if that would be a safety issue, closing or sealing that off at the on the inside or not. Non-combustible material only, and you're good. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it, then. You bet, Henry. Thanks. I uh, hope to hear you again. Uh, thanks for not burning your house down. I, I like it keeping you as a uh, listener. Hey, yeah, I'm a safety nut. <laughs> good for you. Thanks for the call, Henry. All right, take care. All right, bye now. Hey, coming up next, we've got Alex Ferrario, and he's huffing and puffing. Bosco back there, 50,000 watts. We've got the uh, St. Louis Blues pregame show with Alex. One o'clock right here on KMOX, the Blues and the Nashville Predators. Chris Kerber and Joey Vitale bringing you that call. Then after the game, Alex Ferrario comes back on. Five o'clock, Rick Edelman. And then Johnny Rabbit. 
Yeah, Ron L's right here. Any of you guys know who Johnny Rabbit is? I've listened to Johnny Rabbit the better part of my listening life right here. He's now on KMOX Route 66. It's all about love on Route 66 and Johnny Rabbit. Stay tuned. Have a good weekend. God bless you all, and stay tuned. Go Blues.